welcome to Truth Is Now Treason. We want to wish all of you a very, very Merry Christmas. And like all of you, we love Christmas. We love the Christmas season too. And there's so many things to love about this season. I love to make hot chocolate and put up my Christmas tree. I love to go Christmas shopping. I love to sing Christmas carols. I love to go looking at Christmas lights. I just love being with people. And of course, I love to eat too. (laughs) But often it seems like this is really a tough time of the year for so many people. I mean, does it ever seem to you like this is the hardest time of the year to have joy? I mean, you can see people getting upset over simple things as they're shopping or on the road. They're getting road rage, whatever it is. You know, the joy that we see everywhere, but seems to be missing in our lives. So why is it missing at Christmas? Why is joy ever missing? Well, first off, joy is a choice. Now, this is an old story. You may have heard it before, but it doesn't change the fact that it's a really good one. So there's this 92-year-old man, short. Very well dressed, he takes care of his appearance. He's moving into an old folks home one day because his wife of 70 years had recently died. And so, because of this, he had to leave his home. So after waiting several hours in the retirement home lobby, he gently smiled as the worker came up and told him that his room was ready. So he starts walking toward the elevator using his cane and the worker describes to him this small room he's going to be moving into, how it only has a sheet hung at the window, serving as a curtain. The old man says, I like it very much. And he said it with the enthusiasm of an eight-year-old who had just been given a new puppy. The worker said, "Uh, sir, you haven't even seen the room yet. Hang on a moment and we're almost there and you can see it. The old man says, that has nothing to do with it. Happiness is something I choose in advance. Whether or not I like the room does not depend on the furniture or the decor. It depends upon how I decide to see it. It is already decided in my mind that I like this room. It's a decision I make every morning when I wake up. I can choose. I can spend my day in bed going over all the difficulties I have of all the parts of my body that no longer work well. Or I can get up, give thanks to God for those things that still are in working order. Every day is a gift from God. And as long as I can open my eyes, I will focus on the new day that Jesus has given me and all the happy memories that I have made during my life. This is a good illustration, but there's more to joy than a choice. We're going to look at different definitions of joy so we can see where real joy comes from. So we're going to start off by the dictionary definition of joy. If you were to look up that definition, it says this, a feeling of great pleasure or happiness that comes from success, good fortune, or a sense of well-being. So according to this definition, joy is conditional. And if things are going your way, then you have joy. Success is happening. Joy, things are going my way. Yippee, joy. Now, how often are things going your way? How often do you have enough things going your way so that you can take the bad with the good and the good outweighs the bad enough so that you can have joy? And that might not happen very often for some of us. In fact, for some, it might seem like it is never that way. You know, like me, you know, with Dietrich. <laughs> Dietrich never gives me my way, so I'm never happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that last sentence right. <laughs> so how do you deal with people like Lennox? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> so how do you deal with this? If your luck is overwhelmingly bad, then you're just out of luck, aren't you? Doesn't sound very fair, does it? You might be thinking that you're all alone in regards to this, that you're the only one who's having trouble finding that elusive joy. 
not even remotely the case. Take a look around you. Take a look at the recent history in the United States. There are tons of people who are famous. They have the looks, the money, and what seems to be everything they need. But when you watch their actions, you can see they're in misery. Look how many that have everything but operated as if they have nothing. Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, John Bonham. Robin Williams, Marilyn Monroe. The list of those who had everything but acted as if they had nothing goes on and on and on. You know, I read an interview with Steve Taylor years ago, and he was asked what would make someone like Kurt Cobain commit suicide. And the words he said rang so true. He said, our life is like a well. When you look in it, you're either going to see an empty hole or you're seeing living water. I can only assume that when Kurt looked at his life, all he saw was an empty hole. Now, when Steve Taylor was referring to living water, he was referring to Jesus Christ. When someone does not have Christ in their lives, their life can look like an empty hole. The truth is, joy without Jesus is very elusive. I prefer the biblical definition of joy, and it says this, Joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness. Okay, I get that. We can all agree. But listen to this. Happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. Did you get that? Real joy. True joy is based on who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? He's God. He loves you beyond anything else. He is for you. He's not against you. He gave his life so that you can be free. He is the baby in the manger that changed the world permanently for the better. He is the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. He's your provider. I could go on and on and on. But you know what is so amazing about all of these things? They all never, ever change. They will always be this way. Jesus does not change. Our feelings may change. Our feelings about him might change, but he never does. When we base our joy on who Christ is, that is a joy that stays. It stays, and if it feels like it's gone, there's only one reason. It's because we decided that we were not going to base our joy on Jesus at that time. That's right. Joy is a choice. And Rick Warren, who is a preacher out in California, gave this definition of joy. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. I love that. The determined choice to praise God in every situation. Kind of like that illustration that Dietrich read earlier in the episode. You know, Lennox and I are facing a situation that's completely out of our control that we never thought we would face. It's been incredibly hard, and it has hurt us in ways that we did not expect. But this is something that we have discovered. Through this, we have been taught to rely on Christ. And we've had a degree of peace that we really shouldn't have And we really don't deserve. And we've had it because we are learning to lean on Jesus through this. Now, we're not perfect. We have struggled at times. But we have learned that focusing on this horrible event in our lives is not going to bring us joy. 
forgiving these people, and that is a true challenge, and turning to the God who is the only one who can fix this has helped us to persevere and have joy through this. Proverbs 10:28 says the prospect of the righteous is joy, but the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. When we base our life on Christ, our prospect is joy. When it is not, our lives are nothing. And do you feel like your life is nothing? What is your life about? If it's about anything other than God, then you know why you don't have joy. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to overflow with hope? I mean, doesn't that sound like what this season, the Christmas season, is all about? An overflowing hope? Only found in Jesus, the Savior who was born, that we celebrate on Christmas Day. And if you're not sure how to get that hope, then I want to encourage you to listen to our episode, The Ultimate Treason, Episode 5, or contact us at truthisnowtreason at gmail.com. In Episode 5 of Ultimate Treason, it just basically explains four steps. It goes more in detail, but I want to mention those four steps right here for anyone who wants to make this choice of following Christ. The first step is all you have to do is repent. Admit that you're a sinner. You are headed for hell. And to repent means you've got to turn from that direction and say, okay, I believe, that's step number two, I believe that you, Jesus Christ, can save me from this pit of hell. And you confess to Christ your sins and accept, which is receive. Step number four, receive that gift of eternal life. And Rick Warren explained this so well. He said, you know, at Christmas time, you know, when someone gives you a gift, You don't just say, no, I don't want it. You accept it. And then you don't put it on a shelf just to sit there. You open up that gift so you can experience the blessings and the benefit of that gift. That's what this gift of salvation is all about. If you don't accept it, you're not going to experience the true benefit, which is eternal life and joy. This is our hope that if you have not received that gift, the greatest gift of all, that you will this Christmas season so that you can feel that joy in your life and spread it to others. We would also love for you to tell anyone else who needs to hear this message about Truth Is Now Treason. Now, as a closing, remember, Dietrich suffers relentlessly due to being with Lennox, so gifts sent to him would be greatly appreciated. You can contact me as truthisnowtreason at gmail.com or just send cash. Obviously, we're joking. Uh, You might be. I'm not. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. Ignore him, my fellow traders. Until next time.